0: So, if you're running a lot, right? If you're a marathon runner, that's the extreme. But even if you're just running on a regular basis, your body's going to adapt to that. It's going to become more calorie efficient. And so it is going to burn fewer extra calories for every extra calorie of work put into it, and it becomes less and less efficient. Welcome to the Wits and Weights Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Pape, and this twice-a-week podcast is dedicated to helping you achieve physical self-mastery by getting stronger, optimizing your nutrition, and upgrading your body composition. We'll uncover science-backed strategies for movement, metabolism, muscle, and mindset with a skeptical eye on the fitness industry so you can look and feel your absolute best. Let's dive right in. Wits and Weights community, welcome to another solo episode of the Wits and Weights podcast. I hope you enjoyed our last episode, 83, with Christopher Marr, where we explored stress management and the fascinating intersection of Eastern and Western medicine in the context of your body's well-being. Today for episode 84, titled, Why Working Out Less Burns More Calories and Boosts Your Metabolism and Fat Loss, we are myth-busting the idea that the more you work out, the higher your expenditure or your daily calories burned, more exercise, more cardio, more soreness, more sweat, more suffering. These are not necessary. And in fact, exercise—or what we're going to use—we're uh, going to use the word training from here on out—can be both intrinsically rewarding and be fun, and a way to massively ramp up your metabolism to make fat loss easier for the rest of your life. No, you do not have to get destroyed, wiped, or drained by your workouts. You can do a lot less during the week and make tremendous progress. In fact, much more progress than most people who are slaving away with exercise all the time and doing it ineffectively. Now, before we get into the details, I did want to read a couple recent five-star reviews from listeners. The first one is by the very own Dr. Bill Campbell of the Body by Science Research Review. I'm a subscriber to that. I was thrilled to see that he wrote a review. And he said, quote, a well-informed podcast that gets away from the fads. And brings the attention back to where things should be relative to our exercise and nutritional programs on the things that are sustainable and repeatable over time. I'm glad he gets it. And um, I've been following Bill's work for a while now. He will be coming on for an interview soon. So if you want to catch that, make sure to subscribe, again, subscribe or follow to this podcast right now so you don't miss it. And if you're watching the video, do the same. Another review is from Heather Former Hooter, who says, quote, I like this show more than I was expecting to. Okay, so I got to do a better job of my marketing there. Great expert guest. Very nuanced and non-judgmental discussion about health and weight. Highly recommend. Uh, star Shooting star emoji. All right. Thank you, Heather, especially for the words nuanced and non-judgmental because that is definitely what we are going for. All right. Now, let's dive into today's topic. The title of this episode is Why Working Out Less Burns More Calories and Boosts Your Metabolism and Fat Loss. And to do this, we do have to understand a little bit more about metabolism. I'm going to try to keep it brief. You know how I can get sometimes, I get excited about this. But I'm going to first define the components of metabolism. Talked about this before in several shows, but it's always good to have a refresher. There are four components, the BMR, TEF, NEAT, and EAT. BMR is your basal metabolic rate. This is the calories needed to perform basic life-sustaining functions like breathing. And it accounts for roughly two-thirds to up to three-quarters of your expenditure. Okay, that's number one. Number two is your thermic effect of food. This is the energy required for digesting, absorbing, disposing your nutrients. And that's around 10%. Then we have NEAT. NEAT is my favorite. This is everything we do that is not sleeping, eating, or... Intentional exercise, so it's walking, cleaning, fidgeting. This can vary a lot based on your lifestyle, your job, how much you move throughout the day, and it can account for anywhere from like ten to thirty percent of your expenditure. And then finally, we have eat, exercise, activity thermogenesis. Oh, by the way, I don't know if I defined, I don't know if I defined neat, but it was non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So eat is exercise activity thermogenesis, and this is structured, planned. Uh, exercise, whether it is lifting, playing a sport, running. Um, and this accounts for something like 5%, a really, really small percentage of your metabolism. Here's the thing. So here's the underlying uh, practical theory that we're going to touch on multiple times throughout the show. When you try to exercise the calories away, when you try to exercise over and over every day, lots of running, lots of cardio, lots of eat, okay, just to quote unquote burn calories. Your body tends to compensate. It reduces energy expenditure in other areas, either uh, in your neat, like you just move and fidget less in other times of the day without realizing it, or even uh, by down regulating your hormones to reduce your expenditure to, to actually conserve more energy. So that's like, that's a core of why we're gonna say that too much exercise is actually hurting you. And also, who loves to do all that exercise? <laughs> Nobody does. Like generally nobody does. Very, very few people do, right? And in this community we're 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 thinking about our body composition, our health, um, and longevity and all these things. We want it to be sustainable, right? Going back to the, the five star review about being a sustainable approach. That's what it is. Sustainability is something you could do for the long term. Till you're in your seventies, eighties, nineties, literally till the day you die, you can do these things. Okay. The other thing that's really important for metabolism is the role of muscle. Muscle is Muscle tissue is metabolically active, so it increases your metabolism. The more you have, and just recently, um, I think Stronger by Science reviewed the data again and showed that roughly nine to ten calories per pound of muscle per day. So it's not a massive amount, but it's also not nothing. Meaning, if you add ten pounds of muscle over the next, you know, eight to twelve months, if you're a new lifter, and that's a reasonable amount, then you're going to burn an extra hundred calories a day. Add another ten pounds of, of on top of that over the next few years after that, another hundred. so you could be walking around with 20 pounds more muscle, burning two hundred more calories a day. That's a significant difference, right? Two hundred calories a day is um, fourteen hundred calories a week. That's almost a half a pound of fat a week of flexibility. So muscle is metabolically active, and these both these concepts, the idea that your body adapts to too much of too much high intensity of cardio or movement and that muscle is important for increasing your metabolism, by increasing your BMR, like the calories you burn all all day, even while you're sleeping, that's really important to this discussion. So that leads me to the first uh, assertion I'm going to make, which is that strength training is extremely important to this whole process. And we've talked before about training versus exercise, right? Exercise is going to the gym, moving a lot, it's generally not structured it maybe may have a little structure to it like a class structure but it generally does not focus on improving some skill over time progressing over time in particular strength and muscle mass which is what we focus on okay so we know that strength training leads to muscle growth and then that muscle leads to the metabolic benefits of muscle and increases your metabolism um higher metabolic rate but there's also a little side benefit and i looked into the literature and feel free to challenge me but it's called um oh oh boy, what is it? Epoch. Uh, what does that stand for? It's it's like the afterburner effect, okay? Now, it's been downplayed quite a bit over the years With as more evidence comes out. But the idea is that after some form of more intense deliberate exercise, whether it is training, lifting, cardio, whatever, um, you will burn more calories the rest of the day than you would have otherwise. And they do show that this can last from anywhere from like two to 10 hours. It used to be a lot more than that, they thought. But about two to 10 hours, and it can burn um, up to something like anywhere from 100 to 200 more calories from a lifting session than uh, than other types of of sessions. So, lifting or, or high intensity cardio. All right, it's a little side effect. I just wanted to mention it, but I also wanted to not overstate it because if people are like, "Yeah, that's the reason we want to lift," because you get this huge afterburn effect. That's not. That's just a tiny thing. My name is Tony. I'm a strength lifter in my 40s. Thank you to Phil and his wits and weights community for helping me learn more about nutrition and how to implement better ideas into my strength training. Phil has a, a very, very good understanding of macros and chemical compounds and hormones and all that. And he's continuously learning. That's what I like about Phil. He's got a great sense of humor. He's very relaxed, very easy to talk to. Uh, one of the greatest things about Phil in my view is that he practices what he preaches. He also works out with barbells. He trains heavy, not as heavy as me, but he trains heavy. So if you talk with him about getting in better shape, eating better, he's probably going to give you some good advice. And I would strongly recommend you talk with him and he'll help you out. Thanks. One other side benefit I thought of with strength training is its role in blood sugar control, right? I hear about this a lot and I talk about it a lot and guys like Brandon DeCruz and others, how muscles are a sink for your glucose, right? And they control blood sugar and there are folks, um, I just recently had a, a results breakthrough session. These are the free calls that I provide at, with somebody who, uh, he's 50, been lifting most of his life, big, strong guy, you know, wants to lose some fat. And uh, his doctor basically said, look, if it wasn't for all the muscle you have, uh, your blood pressure and your all your other numbers, you know, lipids and so on, would ble- or your blood sugar and so on, would probably be in an unhealthy range, but they're actually in a fairly normal range. Mainly because you have all this extra muscle mass, and the reason I mention that is because that also uh, contributes to metabolism and fat loss, and just makes the whole thing easier. It just makes the whole thing so much easier. All right, so that's that's the importance of, of strength and muscle. Now, what about the other side? the 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 training and the excessive cardio, right? Going back to that endurance adaptation that I talked about. Um, not only does your body compensate. But it also just overall adapts to that specific mode of training. So you probably heard the concept of specificity or um, stress recovery adaptation. We talk about that from a muscle perspective, but it also works from an endurance perspective. So if you're running a lot, right? If you're a marathon runner, that's the extreme. But even if you're just running on a regular basis, your body's going to adapt to that. It's going to become more calorie efficient. And so it is going to burn fewer extra calories for every extra calorie of work put into it and it becomes less and less efficient. Now, there's something called the constrained energy model proposed by Herman Ponser et al. And he wrote a book called Burn about this phenomenon. And it tends to be misunderstood, misapplied, misinterpreted, whatever. But generally, if you go from sedentary to some level of movement, you're going to burn quite a bit more calories just doing that. But if you go from being somewhat active to more active, the extra calories burned... Tend to not tends to not match the extra work put into it, so that's where I'm going. In that, when you do all this extra work and think you're going to burn a lot more calories, your body will just keep getting more and more efficient, like stingy with those calories. It says, "Hey, you're telling me that all these cal- this energy coming in needs to be constantly burned. I'm just going to make it very efficient to do that because that's what you're telling me. I'm going to downregulate my the the you know thyroid and the um my, my metabolism, uh, and I might even up your hunger signals a bit to make you hungrier. And so on. Whereas when you strength train, you don't have that effect. When you walk a lot, you don't have that effect. Okay. So couple that with the fact that a lot of movement every day can easily lead to overtraining, and overtraining affects recovery and thus metabolism. So the uh, the extra stress on your body, the impact to your your muscles, you get muscle tears from lots of running and other types of cardio like that. Um, the the lack of sleep or you're not able to sleep as much or maybe you just don't have as much time to sleep because you're doing all this exercise versus strength training where you just you need that sleep and recovery and you get it um, this could all affect your cortisol which is your stress hormone it can disrupt your sleep it can disrupt your mood uh, and then you even have a greater risk of injury when you're doing all of this exercise just you know strength training is one of if not the lowest chance of injury of like all the sports modalities. You know, soccer is way up there near the top. Anything where you're running around, gets, you smack heads with each other is going to be a higher chance. But even just running in higher stress forms of cardio can do that. So a lot of this exercise where you're just constantly moving all the time has these other side impacts that you don't often think about that you don't have with lifting. Okay. Um, so what are the benefits of working out less? Number one, improved recovery. You simply have fewer sessions that you're working out. So you have more time in between, more time to rest, not only between workouts, but between exercises and between sets of those exercises if you are lifting heavy. By heavy, we mean things like barbells and dumbbells, maybe some cables, but up in the four to six rep range for the big compound lifts like squats, like deadlifts, or maybe in the anywhere from, you know, six to 12 range for some more direct work, but it's Almost a failure, or within a few reps shy of failure, it's heavy, you take longer rest periods, you take longer rest between sets, and you don't go as often throughout the week. beginners, three days a week advanced four, maybe five six is is a specialized thing, um which is its own thing if we're talking about um uh, spreading out the fatigue and stuff like that, but let's just talk about three or four days a week, which is a lot it's a lot less than seven days a week. all right um we talked about another benefit of having of of working out less is because you're focusing on strength training, you have more muscle, that muscle burns more calories. Awesome. This also manages hunger. Okay. And you get more rest, you get less stress, you get improved sleep. All of these contribute to your metabolic rate. They all spiral on top of each other because if you get less sleep, you your, your hormones downregulate and you get hungrier and your metabolism goes down and that doesn't help Because now it's hard to stick to a diet and so on and so forth. Right. Okay. So, what do we want to do with all this? Um, I didn't want to make this too long of an episode, but the last thing I wanted to talk about is cardio itself. Like, am I telling you never to do cardio? Of course not. Of course not. I've come to the realization through the evidence and experience that cardio can be a great form of movement if done right and done effectively from a programming perspective, meaning we prioritize our lifting. And then we don't do more than half of the time lifting as cardio. So if you lift three days a week for an hour, up to an hour and a half a week of cardio. Cardio can improve your cardiovascular health, that's the name. It can improve your VO2 max, your lung capacity, brain function, mood, you know, endorphins. We all know that. Most people don't like lots of it though. So it can be helpful in short, highly effective bursts like high intensity interval training or even a medium intensity cardio just for maybe a half hour at a time, a few days a week, okay? Cardio, yes, can burn a lot of calories in a short amount of time, which can contribute to fat loss during in a fat loss phase, but so can lots of walking. And it's easier to walk all day, but you can't do cardio all day. And you get all the other uh, in recovery and impact negatives from cardio. Now, there are forms of cardio that are less impactful, like biking, swimming, uh, pushing or pulling a prowler sled, where they're primarily concentric uh, on the concentric half of the muscle movement. So if you think of a bike, you're pumping the legs, but then they come up without any force. Whereas when you run, you are you're force forcing on the leg. I'm not speaking very clearly here, but you're basically pounding into the pavement, right? So you're pushing off and you're um, you're holding your weight as it compresses downward. So that is an eccentric load that you're placing each time. Let alone the impact on your knees, joints, everything else especially compounded when most people have terrible form when they run. Okay, so yes, you can burn some calories. Now, here's the cool thing. Walking burns almost as many calories as running per mile, especially when it's, when it's brisk walking. I said this before, and I'll say it over and over again. You can only run for like 20, 30 minutes generally before you start to get winded. You can walk for one, two, three, four hours, cumulative throughout the day when you add it all up to get ten, twelve thousand 12,000 steps and you're going to burn almost as calories. So if you're talking just apples to apples with calories, that's one way to do it. And, and again, walking is extremely low impact and sustainable. So combine strength and cardio together in this nice, beautiful way, and you will reap the benefits of both. Remember that working out less will not meaningfully reduce your expenditure and may actually increase it if you shift from a constant movement, endurance style, high rep form high rep form of exercise to a lots of rest and recovery, you know, intense short workout sessions. When I say intense, I mean like heavy with the barbell or whatever you're using for your lifting and you get all these other benefits. So just to recap, um, metabolism is made up of those four components, uh, one of which is controlled by your muscle mass, another is controlled by walking, and then the other is controlled by exercise, which is a very, very tiny amount. The body is compensates, the body adapts. Strength training is the most important mode of training we can do if we care about our body composition, health, and longevity. There are drawbacks with endurance adaptations, with overtraining on recovery when you do too much of this other movement, as well as its side impacts on sleep, stress, mood, cortisol, and so on. And so, working out less can definitely increase your metabolism and fat loss. All right. So, I hope you have now, um, A good place to start when you ask that question. But if you've listened to all this, if you're still wondering exactly how do I structure this in my personal routine? How do I change the way I move and lift so my expenditure does not take a hit and I get all the benefits that Philip talked about? And if you need some more clarity and confidence, click the link in my show notes for a free results breakthrough session with me. Seriously, this is a free 30-minute call with me where I give you a clear strategy and action steps to take right away. That's all we do. I map it out on a whiteboard and we say, we want to go from here to here. How do we do it? Boom, boom, boom. Here's some actions. Gives you more certainty to move in the right direction, whether it's your health, your fitness, your physique, all those things. Again, just use the link in my show notes for the free call. And then we can go over where you are now, where you want to be and get you that laser focused vision I do not sell you, pitch you, or mention my services at all on the call unless you ask. I've helped dozens of people who do not become clients, but they are now finally making significant rapid progress toward their goals because we had this call. So click the link in my show notes and let's make that happen. Next week for episode 85 is an interview with Mark Paisant. I was on his show earlier in the year. And then I had him on to talk about the role of physical health in your mental health, coping with stress, managing stress, and knowing that you are never alone on this journey. It's a fascinating discussion, so definitely follow or subscribe to the show right now in your favorite podcast app so you do not miss it. As always, stay strong, and I will talk to you next time here on the Wits and Weights podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wits and Weights. If you found value in today's episode and know someone else who's looking to level up their wits or weights, please take a moment to share this episode with them. And make sure to hit the follow button in your podcast platform right now to catch the next episode. Until then, stay strong.